Hi guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Heidi. And welcome to Betty Squared with new and improved audio, we hope. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. We think we have gotten to the bottom of this like age old thing or issue where every time we record, I'm like, Heidi, are you coloring in with a marker? And she's like, what? No. And I'm like, it sounds like you're coloring in with like a felt tip pen or like a Sharpie or something. Um, and it's, we've just, we think we've worked out that it was Heidi's uh, headphone jack that every time she moved, it rustled in the computer. Maybe there's, I don't know, dirt or something stuck or whatever. And um, it makes a noise like she's coloring in with a Sharpie. <laughs> so weird. Only on Betty Squared will you find drama as real as this. <laughs> oh, goodness me. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to actually start this episode off, uh, if you don't mind, Heidi, with just a little bit of an apology to anybody that has been waiting for these episodes, um, to our giant fan base who who follow us religiously and who are up in arms about uh, not being able to access this episode and the last episode, in case you can't tell, I'm also being sarcastic because I'm sure you guys were just fine. Uh, we had a bit of a, we changed uh, hosting company. Uh, we were with Podomatic. We're now with Podbean. And when I did transfer everything over, uh, the syncing between uh, Podbean and iTunes didn't quite work. So if you were wondering why these episodes uh, that aired, you know, a couple of weeks ago are just coming out now, it's because of that, that syncing issue. But I believe I have fixed it. And hopefully... You guys are all listening to this on the right day, but if not, uh, you found us eventually, <laughs> and that is all. <laughs> Yay, housekeeping! Yay, housekeeping! Uh, thankfully, we don't have a corrections corner because no one ever emails us, so we don't know if we're saying anything wrong. <laughs> you know what? I think that means we're not. No news is good news. Right, isn't it though? So yeah, yes. You could know what? I'm feeling really positive about this this episode of Betty Squared. I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, we checked in before and we were both like, we don't have too many notes about this. <laughs> we don't. Um, so of course this episode is chapter forty, The Great Escape. I personally, before I even jump into the film that it was based on, kind of thought this episode was a bit of a drag. <gasps> You liked it? Yeah, I did like it. <laughs> when I came to watch this episode for the second time, I was really like, nah, I really don't want to watch this. Like it took everything in me to kind of keep going. Wow. Yeah. As always, uh, even though we're both Bettys, we are two different sides of Betty. <laughs> oh, very much so. Very much so. Um. I don't argue that for a bit, but yeah, it was just kind of, I was a bit like, I can't really be bothered with this episode and watching it again. And yeah, anyway, anyway, the, the title, The Great Escape is obviously based on the 1963 movie of the same name. Uh, it stars Steve McQueen. Um, it's based on a true story of a group of allied escape artist types they're prisoners of war. They're all put in an escape-proof camp. 
their leader decides to take, uh, beg your pardon, the leader decides to try to take out several hundred all at once. The first half of the film is played for comedy as the prisoners mostly outwit their jailers to dig the escape tunnel. The second half of the film is highly adventurous as they use boats and trains and planes to escape out of occupied Europe. So that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, and it's close. It's not not all the way there. Right, exactly. But, but there are similarities. But I think with something as iconic as The Great Escape and Steve uh, McQueen, you're not going to call an episode of Riverdale by that name unless there is some kind of tie-in. Yeah. So, yeah. But, of course, Archie is still in jail in this episode. He's still part of the warden's, like, sick fight club triangle thing, that underground thing that he's got going on. Um, but he's planning his escape. And you want to hear my first note, Heidi? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's really quite ridiculous. I'm like... Oh, yeah, let's just run at the fence. They'll never see that coming. <laughs> like, really, guys? Really? Yeah. That's what you're going to try and do to escape? Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's so silly, but it's also it's also Archie. And then the, he like covers Joaquin of all people. I'm like, oh, I see this going in a bad way. And of course it does. And of course it does. Um mm-hmm. but as always he has to just be that knight in shining armor. I know and you know, I know with uh the Midnight Club we saw a flashback of Fred being just as insufferable. <laughs> which I, I remember you thought were quite were quite British of me to say. <laughs> um but yeah he's just gotta if he just focused on himself and not everybody else maybe he wouldn't be in this mess I don't think he would at all yeah what was your first note um my first note is (laughs) is okay I get that something's up with Juggy like I get that but I kind of understand his logic (laughs) you understand his logic yeah from the get-go I was like Okay, wait, no, he makes sense. And we learn in this episode that he's right. Um, okay, elaborate. Um, so in the beginning, you know, there is something kooky with this game and he is either sleep deprived or so obsessed with it that like, that he's a little off, right? Um, but his logic is correct. It's it's exactly what he's saying, because he's saying that the game mirrors Riverdale and that whoever is in control of the game is in control of Riverdale, that like these things are connected. Um, And throughout the episode, we see that to be true. We see the warden playing the game. He calls um, Archie, the red paladin. Um, Like Juggy, even though he's a little off is completely right. I took that as more of coincidence. Oh no, I think he's right. I maybe I just believe in Juggy too much. But it's kind of like how though? Like how does that work? You know, a game can't control real life. I don't think the game controls real life. 
I think it is representative of real life. I like I think it like they're connected, and I don't necessarily know why or how, which I think is what you're asking. But like, and I don't think like in the whole sequence um, where they're playing the game, and it also parallels them getting uh, in real life getting Archie out of the prison. I don't think those like I don't think uh, Jughead like saying like doing all of that is him controlling what happens with Archie, but I right. think too much of a coincidence for it to not be connected somehow. You know what I think it is? I think there's a gas leak under Riverdale. <laughs> Everyone's inhaling the gas and they've lost their freaking minds and this game doesn't actually exist and they're all just nuts and in a mental hospital. <laughs> that That would be an interesting ending to this show that I would not be happy with. <laughs> no, I would not be happy with it either, but I don't know. I don't, I get what you're saying. Um, I don't think I agree because that wasn't really my interpretation. But again, it's more like, I feel like I have to just keep watching to get these questions answered because just when I'm thinking they're going to explain stuff, they throw something else into the storyline that confuses me even more. And that's, you know, that's just good writing. That just, you know, gives you that, on the edge of your seat kind of feeling that a lot of people love when they watch television and movies. Um, but I'm starting to get a little over it. I'm finding I'm getting frustrated with the characters. They know this game is bad. They know it's killing people and they're still playing it. Like that to me doesn't sound like, the kids of Riverdale, like they are smarter than that. They're always the ones that are smart and like get to the bottom of stuff before the parents. And I don't like that that's, it's reversed, you know, where the parents are like, um, don't play this. And the kids are like, whatever, we're going to play this. But like also all Mayor McCoy, uh, not Mayor McCoy, Mayor uh, Lodge has said is that um, don't play it. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like people are still playing it. Like they, no one's really doing anything about it. Yeah, they. Other than saying like, "Hey, don't do it," and maybe taking the, the little pamphlet booklets of how to play away from them. That's it. But the more you tell a teenager not to do something, the more likely that they're yeah. going to do it. Right, and that's exactly what you know. Veronica said to Hermione after um, that episode, uh, the Midnight Club. You know, Hermione comes to the class and it's like, don't play this. We've had it linked to X amount of deaths and you could be next and blah, blah, blah. And then Veronica's like, okay, yeah, good work, mom. Like banning something only makes people want to do it more. Yeah. And, and I also think that of the kids that we see playing the game, Juggy's, I think, in over his head about it, but also he's a journalist and he's looking into it and he's researching it so that's why he keeps playing because one he's and there's that whole thing of that like in air quotes i'm saying this that this game pulls you in in a way that you kind of can't control so this is all proof of that um but i think jughead is one in over his head about it but also trying to research and is try. i i think he is onto something um because i think it's too big of a coincidence that the name of the like town or whatever that the game takes place in is uh is also Riverdale like spelled differently or backwards or whatever he said it was um yeah. 
it's it's strange but then the other kids who are playing it who aren't jughead are just those kids who think it's just a game and not believing that people really got hurt because that not not everybody knows what we know and what benny knows um I don't know. I'm trying to think. If I was like, a teenager and everyone was saying, don't play this board game, I'd be pretty into it. See, I was always a, a goody goody. I, I would, if, if somebody said, don't play this board game, it'll kill you, I wouldn't have played it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I might have. I have a also, morbid sense of curiosity. Well, that that style of game... I'm not interested in either. So it would never be something that would be of interest to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even even seeing these characters on Riverdale play this game, I'm not like, oh my God, that's so cool. They should release it at, you know, Hot Topic. I'd totally go and buy it. I would <laughs> still be like, nah, not interested. Yeah. Which I'm sure it's only a matter of time before Hot Topic releases that into their Riverdale line. Let's be real. Oh, that would be so funny. Oh, goodness. Actually, I haven't been to Hot Topic in a while. Maybe I should check it out and uh, and see if it's if it's a thing or not. I bet you it is. Either that or they've made, like, the G&G book. Um, yeah, a little booklet. Yeah, like a booklet or, a um, uh, like, a notebook or something with the G&G cover. That would be cool. Yeah, um, that would be cool. I... My next note is a really simple one. I just love Betty in her little overalls. Yes. I didn't mention it because I just always love, like, I feel like I've been every episode talking about Betty's outfit. So I'm glad you brought it up. Um, But yes, Betty, as always, is wonderfully dressed. She's very versatile. Like, they'll put her in, like, a lot of different clothing options and she rocks them all. Yeah. Even, like, you know, her two outfits as Alice. <laughs> I I loved it. She just looks great in everything. Um, so, yeah, I think they, they know how to dress for her character. Yeah, and they definitely, I feel like, are getting better with, like, the body types of these actors as well. They feel more, the, like, just the whole styling. They're more comfortable with who the characters are and who these actors are, too. Right, exactly, exactly. And um, I think, you know, initially we've talked about how, you know, some characters don't look quite right in those outfits and things like that. I think they're they're sort of really coming to terms with who these characters are and how they dress. Yeah, totally. And they're, yeah. uh, they're like iconic looks. Yeah, yeah. And how to keep that consistent without it being repetitive. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, what's your next note? My next note is a simple one as well. It's a, oh shit, Joaquin. <laughs> when he shanks Archie? Yeah, because first he kisses him, which I was like, ugh, that's totally going to happen. Um, I don't know why, but I had that feeling. And then oh. he shanked him and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it was, it was very much that Judas kiss. Because initially I was like, what the hell is Joaquin doing? Archie's not gay. And then I was like, when did Archie ever give him the impression that that was, like, okay? And then when he shanks him, I was like, oh, I get it. Get it. It's like the Judas kiss. Yeah, it's just a distraction for sure. It's, exactly, exactly. But the whole thing with Joaquin confused me, and I, I have a note somewhere in my list. Oh, yeah, here we go. So 
if I have watched this through correctly and was paying full attention, my understanding is that the warden asked Joaquin to shank Archie mm-hmm. in exchange for his freedom. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, you know, when they're trying to, uh, when like Kevin's trying to get the grate open to get Archie out, um, Joaquin runs past and says, you know, that he's joined a gang and he's, and Kevin's like, what the serpents? And he's like, no, another gang. Did you take that to be that he's joined the ghoulies? Oh no. I took that to mean that he joined, um, the The game, the game. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, um, I took it that he's joined the the ghoulies, but yeah, now in hindsight, I get that he very much could have, could have um, joined the game. Yeah, I think ghoulies versus serpents—that's all kind of small, small fry next to uh the, the bigger stuff that's going on with the G and G. Right. Okay. That yeah, that makes more sense because I was like, why would he join the ghoulies? And I was like, okay, maybe the ghoulies have got a hand in this. And I'm like, but they've kind of you know taken a, a back seat this mm-hmm. season with the G&G like they were there initially and then it was kind of like actually no jokes this whole season's going to be about G&G yeah yeah totally yeah uh my next note I keep laughing it's so funny because every time we're like my next note and we're like giggling <laughs> my next note is about Cheryl I'm still not buying that Cheryl is a dead shot with her bow and arrow. Hmm. Where did that come from? You know, we randomly see her shoot Hal at the end of season two, but like, what? <laughs> you know? And she's like apparently an expert at it. Like, when? When did that happen? Well, I mean, I assume because she comes from a wealthy family that she either went to summer camps or had personal training where she like learned defense and, um, and learned to the archery and stuff like that. So I don't know when you have enough money, you can learn all types of shit. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I just feel like they just tried to make her like arrow, you know, (laughs) which is another CW show. Yeah. I feel like in the future there's going to be some crossover where Arrow, I don't know what his real name is in the show. I watched it initially and then I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I feel like we're going to see a training session between him and Cheryl at one point. Like it, it's just, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. And I, I do like it. I think it gives Cheryl like a, a badass quality and like a, a very independent and self-sufficient quality. Mm-hmm. But let's be real, it came out of nowhere. And now we're just meant to accept it. And it doesn't, it, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been, we've, it's been going on long enough, though, since we saw it last season, where it, it doesn't really bother me. I don't mind. She, I'm like, oh, if, it doesn't? Anyone to, if anyone to be able to do that and to like, just have this like archery, like superior skills she's the only person I can accept doing that. You know, like if it was anyone else, I'd be like, mm, that's stupid. But if anyone's going to be able to do it, it's her. 
Right. Like if it was Veronica or somebody, it would be weird. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like Veronica could justify like if she suddenly knew karate or like jujitsu or something like that, I'd be like, yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah. When she was in New York, she had like a personal trainer who taught her like, um, some sort of karate or something. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh God. Uh, alrighty. My so, goodness. We haven't really talked about like what exactly is it just that you're because I really enjoyed this episode and my next like uh my next little note is kind of about this. Um so we can get into like what you really like don't care for in this episode from here. But um I really did you enjoy any of the like uh the thematic like any of the motifs that they used or the symbolism of this episode? Because I really enjoyed the symbolism. I liked that the the sand in the hourglass was red and that obviously was Archie. Oh. That his time was running out. I was going to say, can you give me an example? But yeah, uh, to be completely honest, I don't think I acknowledged any of it. Mm. Now you saying the sand in the hourglass was red, I'm like, oh yeah, it was. But like, it wasn't something I was like, oh, that was really cool. So yeah, I'm keen to know the other ones that you uh, you picked up. So uh, Jughead being the game master is him being the narrator for us in Riverdale usually, but we're hearing it kind of through a different, um, it's much more, uh, he's being much more of a storyteller in a different way. He sounds, you can tell he sounds a little different. And then everyone had like a pair, like Veronica and Cheryl were kind of paired up in the way that Jughead would talk about Cheryl and describe her and the names for whoever she was in the game and things like that was obviously Veronica. The yeah. only other big, like the biggest like symbol, I'm sure if I rewatched again and like took note, I could find more, but the biggest one was the sand in the hourglass that I was the first thing where I was like, that's Archie, that, that red, you're not going to have red if it's not for Archie. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I think I kind of skimmed over it. Um, as you know, I kind of had a bit of a rough week last week when this episode first aired, which is why we're recording a little later uh, than we normally would um, after the episode and then obviously Thanksgiving as well. But I think maybe when I rewatched it, because I didn't enjoy it the first time around and because uh, mentally I was so focused on some other things, I think those kinds of interesting intricacies for this episode kind of went over my head I like I said I can fully recall now that the sand was red but I never was like oh that's Archie because I don't think I was paying close enough attention yeah that's fine those were definitely just the things that I was like ooh, like they're part the reason why I, I enjoyed this episode so much other yeah. than more notes that we'll get into for sure but um but yeah, I liked that I liked the symbolism I think they did that pretty well I think Riverdale do a very good job of theming, to be completely honest. They they really are on point. You know, it, it's set in current times, but you very easily could get away with um, showing it in the 1920s. You know, it's got that kind of old school kind of vibe, but a modern element to it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that they do very, very cleverly. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Um, my next note is Mad Dog. 
I know I did the same thing. That was probably my one big like <gasps> moment of this episode. Yeah. Uh, I was watching it with my husband and uh, I, I don't know if I've said it in previous Betty Squared episodes, but uh, basically my husband watched all of season one and then about halfway through season two, he started working for a new company and he got really busy and then he started working six days. So he kind of just stopped watching. And then when season three started, he jumped back in with me. So he kind of had some like missing information. And I think the first episode when Mad Dog first made his appearance, uh, my husband didn't really acknowledge it. So when I gasped this episode and was like, oh, Mad Dog, Lee was like, who? I'm like, babe, come on. He was in the first episode. Lee's like, I don't know. Who is that? I'm like, he died allegedly. And Lee's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, God damn it, babe. You've got to keep up with me. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was the one um, gasp I got this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That and Joaquin stabbing, stabbing Archie. The stabbing was a little more than I, I bargained for with him. Yeah. Um, but I was disappointed because the preview before the episode totally spoiled it, that Mad Dog was coming back. I would have been more shocked if oh. the preview didn't happen in it. So I had just gotten home from work and um, like it's happened once or twice before, I had to do a mad rush to the TV and I missed the first two minutes initially. So I did not see that preview. Well, so I didn't know Mad Dog was coming, but that was a dumb thing to do. They always do it. It's that TV thing where they're like, hey, this happened a few episodes ago. We want to remind you, but it's definitely not going to have anything to do with this episode. Right. But, like, why would you spoil that? Why would you take that away from people? I mean, it's it's not like... So, in the recap, they, they go, hey, remember, remember Mad Dog? Yeah, he was a character. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. Are you talking about the recap of the episode or are you talking about like an advertisement that came on before the episode aired? No, I'm talking about the recap right before the episode. It's that thing where shows go like, hey, this happened a few episodes ago. Do you remember? Do you remember it? Right, which I didn't see because I missed the first couple of minutes to the episode. But I guess in any context, um, I would have been like, that ruins it. Why bother even, you know, including it? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't like that shows do that. Um, it just seems so obvious. It's like, okay, so then this person's coming back. Cool. Okay, thanks for telling me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. I noticed on my notes that there was another uh, symbolism thing that I that I forgot about uh, or that I didn't notice. Um, the description that Jughead does of Hiram, the... Uh, his parallel to the game that they're playing is like a dragon or whatever. Um, yeah. I just thought that was funny. It is. It is. And I like speaking of Hiram. I like in this episode when he works out what's happening and that Archie's about to escape. I love that he kind of just loses his mind and he becomes kind of vulnerable when he's like, quick, someone stop him. Like it's, it's the first time you really see Hiram come undone and start to panic. Yeah, he's out of control. He's not controlling that situation. Yeah, I um, I've never seen that, and I really liked it because I was like, "Good, he's this villain. He's this bad character, and he's coming undone." I really, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, 
<laughs> oh, another funny note. So when Veronica makes her way into this underground fight club and sees Archie and whatever, I had so many feelings about this. I literally have written this statement of questions, but it all like looks like just one big question. Firstly, why did you take your wig off like that? What if somebody walked in? Also, why do they have 20 minutes? Who is buying them that much time? Yeah. How about talking about how to get Archie out of jail instead of practicing unsafe sex? Huh? That's what I've written. <laughs> also, are they really going to need 20 minutes? They probably don't. Right. They're teenagers. Let's be real. When you're a teenager and you're getting jiggy with it, it's usually a couple of minutes, you know? <laughs> but also, like, 20 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah. You're telling me in this, you know, bougie fight club where only the creme de la creme can come and watch these fights happen, their prize fighter is going to be out of anybody's sight for 20 minutes? No. Yeah. No. I would have believed it more if Veronica had come running in and she's gone, we've only got a couple of minutes. Quick, this, this, and this is going to happen, and this, this, and this is going to happen. Okay, quick, let's have sex. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But instead, they got to just throw in weird amounts of time. 20 minutes. <laughs> um, it just not work for me. Yeah, no, it was weird. And the the whole scene was weird. I totally agree. The I had the same note about her her wig. Like, do you you don't have to take it off. You don't have to take off your wig. It's going to take you 20 yeah, right. minutes to put it back on. <laughs> exactly. As as somebody who has to wear a wig for her job as a performer, it takes me 30 minutes to pin that thing on. Yeah. To just pull it off and then you have your hair tumble down around you. I know, it looked beautiful. I tell you what, when you take a wig off, your <laughs> hair is matted. It's all sweaty. It's sticking out in weird ways that you never knew your hair could stick out. But, like, keep the wig on. Even if somebody happened to walk in and you guys were having sex, it doesn't matter because you're still in disguise and you can just be like, oh, I wanted to give him a reward because he's so handsome. You know, keep your wig on, Veronica. Like, ugh. I feel like I need to get that printed on my t-shirt. Keep your wig on, Veronica. Keep your wig on, Veronica. I like that. That's a, that's a good one. Um, it is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Another, I know I said I'd, I'd tried to leave out uh, notes about Betty's wardrobe in this, uh, in my notes this time, but I did have one in because it was special and different. The uh, Betty had her serpent jacket on and her hair was down. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 I did. I love when she has her hair down because you know she's literally coming undone. It's great. Well, and I, I think I think just uh, they couldn't have her have a helmet on with a ponytail. Oh. So I think it was more God. practicality. Didn't even think of that. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, that is a practicality because yeah, she can't uh she can't wear a uh 
no, nah, that's not going to work. She can't wear a, a ponytail. Uh, speak your pardon. She can't wear a um, yeah, she can't wear a ponytail if um, if her, she's wearing a helmet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I love that, and I've been waiting to see her in a serpent jacket, so that was exciting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, she looked awesome. She looked fierce. I yeah, loved it. Um, also on the same note, her riding that motorcycle, I was like, this is everything. This is everything I've ever wanted. Betty. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh my goodness me. Um, I, I'm so curious because, um, Kevin says he's going to go run off after Joaquin and, and find him and make sure he's okay. But I don't think anything, nothing came of that because later on he says he wants to, uh, to uh to find him still um that he needs to make sure that he's okay um but i thought that was so interesting the the such a weird thing i was so anticipating their reunion like joaquin and kevin what what's gonna happen when they see each other again because i liked them so much as a couple they were so sweet and now after everything joaquin's done i'm like Ugh, i don't know whatever mm. i like i said i I feel weird about Joaquin. I'm not really sure what the deal is with the, now that you've said, you know, is he playing the game? I don't know. I'm very confused. Did we ever work out why he was in Juvie in the first place? No, I don't remember. If we did, I don't remember it. Yeah. And then, yeah, Kevin's all like, oh, I've got to run after him and make sure he's okay. No. No, you don't. Leave no. him. You you don't. You don't have to do that. He shanked your friend. I think you would maybe not want to do that. Just Well Kevin Kevin didn't know that at first. Yeah, but that he still wants to go even after. Even uh, I don't know. I mean people do desperate things when they're they're desperate, so maybe that's yeah. it. But um I did there was something so attractive about Casey Cobb when he takes off his helmet and reveals that it's him and not Archie. Um, yes, I agree. I agree too. I was like, "Damn!" Yes. <laughs> is, he, is he actually gay in real life? I have no idea. Nor me. But yeah, he looked really fine in that moment. Yeah. Very, very, very attractive. He is. I liked that whole scene. I thought that was really cool. And at no point, not until they cornered Betty right at the end, mm-hmm. was I like, "Oh, that's not Archie." Yeah, I it was know. it was interesting. Um, at the whole time, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, they'll get away, obviously, because they will. Or, you know, it's Riverdale. Uh, but then at the end, the way Kevin was sitting up, I was like, "Oh, that's not that's not Archie," because he couldn't even stand up. Yeah, yeah, and his outfit, um, his clothes were different. I was like, unless they changed his clothes, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but I love that. I love those kids uh, outsmarted everybody. Oh yeah, and I love Betty when uh, the warden was getting intense with Kevin and he was shaking him or whatever. Um, she's like, "Let him go, or I'll mace you." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah, she's so badass. Yeah, she's so badass. I love it. Um, I love right at the end um, 
when they're all sitting in pops and they're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, I can't believe like this has all happened. I love that um, pops radio is on and it's like an old timey wimey radio. And the announcer's like an urgent alert. Archibald Andrews has escaped from prison. I'm like, <laughs> what, what diner has their radio on like that? Yeah. It's, it, it's very Riverdale. Yeah. I really liked it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Um, I've got one other note. Um, and it is on Archie's escape. And I said, if it was this easy to get Archie out initially, then why didn't they do it earlier? Mm. Well, yeah. I don't think they knew about the pool at first. And then also they haven't, Veronica hasn't been able to communicate with him in a, in a while. So maybe those factors. It's also not a good idea. <laughs> like when they said this plan last episode, when Veronica was like, I'm going to break Archie out of jail. I was like, no. <laughs> It's a bad plan. Um, Right. And, you know, like, if it's that easy to break somebody out of jail, like, why don't we have more breakouts, you know? It wasn't very realistic, but... No, but Riverdale. What can we do? What can we do? So, (laughs) I have a couple more notes, but it's because I accidentally scrolled down in my notes on my phone and then didn't see some of them so i need to go back to some but my my actual last note is why didn't veronica notice the brand when they had sex right i'm like it would be one thing if it was like on his butt <laughs> like you might not have been looking at that although that would be a mistake but did did the brand happen he had i the thought the brand happened doesn't it happen after? Doesn't it? Does it? Didn't they have sex right before she broke him out? They had sex and then she breaks him out the next day. I think the brand happens that night. The brand happened in the very beginning of the episode because that, that's... Oh my God. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, my... I'm an idiot. Um... Yes, you are spot on that um, the brand does happen at the beginning of the episode. So, yes, that is wrong. That is wrong. Gosh, she was that just is wrong. So in the throes of ecstasy. She couldn't even, she couldn't even notice his brand. Right. <laughs> Very strange. Um, but <laughs> the, the notes that I missed and I was like, ah, I'll just – We'll just leave it, but I have to address them because one of them's quite funny. Um, uh, so I have Kevin Keller, uh, Keller, Sheriff Kellermeyer, who's not sheriff anymore. Do we know his first name? What's his first name? Tom. Um, Tom. Tom Kellermeyer. So did did he leave his wife? <laughs> like, did did that happen? I, I guess so. I guess so. If they're getting engaged, I guess we just kind of never got to find that out. I just thought that was that was so weird. Um, I didn't even make that connection. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Um, Veronica's line, uh, "I'd know those abs anywhere." 
Jesus. I know. I was like, come on, Veronica, really? You don't need to brag. We're in a in a pretty tense situation here. <laughs> yeah, I think let's let's hold the, the comedy moments for later, huh? Um and then I have this note that's like embarrassing. Um <laughs> because okay. I'll preface it with like we talked about uh Casey. I think Casey Cot is like the most um like all American like like stereotypically like attractive like what you would think of like an attractive man like in America like he's what you would think of right but but I put damn Cole sure can be hot <laughs> and it's it's about the whole uh, tree and arrow moment I was like this messed me up a little bit he's so like him just being like disregarding um any like anything that might happen with like if he gets shot or whatever there was something about him in that scene where it's like ooh ooh Cole yeah he he is an attractive looking guy I think um he's oh god he's more um he's more like he's got that cheeky element to him that makes him really alluring if that's the right word yeah you know when he's slightly tilt down and he's looking up with his eyes and he's got that little half smile you're like damn but generally I like my men to be a little bigger like he's he's quite a small build and he's also far too young for me so yeah I like him a little perfect a little broader what's that He's my age, so it's perfect, and he's exactly he's exactly my type. Actually, I'm realizing right right now in this moment, I didn't think about it before. Uh, the dark hair and the, the the skinniness and the moodiness and the artisticness. You're like, gonna have to yeah. fight Lily off. You're gonna have to fight Lily off to to be with him. I think. Uh, uh, no, I can't fight her. She wins. She's too beautiful. She is a babe. Oh goodness. Well, you could always try for Dylan. They're they're identical twins. Uh, they are not identical. Yes, they are. They don't look identical. You can totally tell the difference. You can now, especially because Dylan's got blonde hair and Cole's got black. No, but, but they they are identical twins. I'm I'm positive of it. I'm gonna look it up. Wait, now I'm, now I'm too nervous. <laughs> I'm looking up. Cole and Dylan Sprouse. <laughs> oh, the first thing that comes up are are Dylan and Cole Sprouse twins. Yes, yes, they are. Um, identical twins or fraternal twins? They are identical twins. They don't look identical. Like you looking at pictures. They... Wait, are you joking? I mean. They look like brothers. Sweetheart, they're identical. No. I can see it. Okay. Maybe it's because All right, well, I uh, used to watch Zach and Cody, so I was a kid when, obviously, they were kids, so I, I watched that show. So maybe it's just because I am familiar with them, you know? Yeah, you can tell which is which, yeah. Hmm. That's, um, that's got to be interesting because 
could you imagine like being an identical twin and then one twin having this like ragingly popular TV show and the other twin like continuing the, you know, audition and grind and yeah. Yeah. I That's got to be hard. Dylan was in a movie. He was in a, a Netflix movie that I remember. I feel like they're probably yeah, that- okay. That teacher's pet one or whatever it was, it was crazy. He, like, tried to kill his teacher because his teacher didn't give him an A. It was really nuts. It was a good show. I liked it. Good movie, yeah. rather. But, that yeah. One. It was a lot. I can't remember what it was called. Teacher's pet or something like that, I think. It was a good one. I've talked about it on other Betty Squared episodes, I think. Yes. No, you totally did. You totally did. Yeah. Um, but Cole's got a new movie coming out. I went and saw... Um, Wreck-It Ralph last night, which was amazing. And um, I passed a a poster in the lobby and um, I can't remember the title of the movie, um, but Cole was on it. And I was like, Um, oh my gosh. Five five feet apart? Yeah, it looked like a sad one. Yeah, it's a sad sad teen movie, which I'm, I'm into. It looks good. I'll probably go see it for sure. No, I don't. I don't watch movies where people are sad. I'm oh, like everyone should just be happy all the time, always. I'm such a sad sack. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I used to be when I was younger, and now I just like watching movies where everybody like there's a ghost and it kills everybody, or there's like I don't know some supernatural element to it. I I don't know. My tastes have changed since I grew up. I mean, I'm a little weird. We grow. We do. We grow and our tastes change. Um, oh, goodness. Sorry, I'm just reading that they were born in Tuscany. Oh, how bougie. I know. Sorry, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> You're so funny. No problem. Oh, goodness me. So did you have any other notes then? No, that was it. I. Yeah, Yeah, it was kind of a, a short-lived episode. Yeah, it was... Um, There just weren't as many... I don't know. There just weren't as many things to comment on. I, I overall was happy with it. I mean, we, I guess we can get into our ratings. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I feel like a C is not fair. Um, maybe like a B minus. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said, it was. It was a real struggle for me to um, watch uh, the the second one, um, the the second one, the second time rather. Um, but yeah, mm, it wasn't for me. Yeah, this yeah. episode's why a B minus. Valid. Um, I yeah. would. I think I would give it a solid A. Like I enjoyed this episode a lot. I liked the. I liked all the different things at play here, and I'm interested in watching it again, and we'll probably put it on for fun in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Well, I'm glad that we have um, opposing views all the time. It keeps (laughs) things interesting. One day, you know what's going to happen? You and I are both going to be like, this is the best damn episode we've ever seen of anything ever on the face of the earth. And that'll be like, that'll be it. Yeah, we'll just agree. Yeah, exactly. So, 
it'll happen and it'll be it'll be a thing and we will celebrate and eat much cake (laughs) (laughs) oh lord i think i need to go make myself a coffee and try and uh start speaking a little bit more sense no Uh, all right well on that note we'll leave you all to it with our opposing ratings oh no wait i was gonna say Oh my gosh, I told you I needed coffee. No, we gotta work out anything. Especially because in this episode, she would just be a total badass and break her best friend out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, she would. And she'd have like super cute hair and yeah. And look really cute in her her serpent jacket, and yeah. yeah. She would just be a total badass. Yeah. Sometimes you just got it. I like that. I like that. So go out there this week and be a total badass. Within reason, don't get yourself arrested and then say the hosts of Betty Squared said to go out there and be a badass. Be sensible about it. <laughs> be like Betty. Don't oh. get caught. <laughs> Exactly. Be like Betty. Don't get caught. Oh, there's another t-shirt slogan. (laughs) Veronica, keep your wig on and be like Betty. Don't get caught. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to come up with some, uh, some new taglines this, uh, this, um, this season around, I think. And then we'll work out which are, which are the ones that are going on the t-shirts that only you and I will wear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. Nice. Me too. Sadly, me too. All right, everyone. We'll have a lovely week and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.